You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you going to hell? Well, let's find out what the Bible says. Welcome in to Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my lovely wife, Nikki. And all right, I might have been a little over the top there, but... uh, that's the topic that we're going to discuss today. And I just want to go through this quick verse. I talked a lot in that last episode about sports, so I'm going to pass this on to Nikki and let her um, do a little more talking because it's better than what I could say. So the verse I want to read here says Revelation 21.8. It says, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Except I missed a part. Let's go back to the beginning. Revelation 21 it says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, sexually immoral, and those who practice magic arts. So that's what we're talking about today. The cowardly. You know, it's funny you read through these vile, sexually immoral, idolaters, practicing magic arts, and cowards. Mm -hmm. What a strange, like what strange bedfellows (laughs) to find yourself with. So that's what we're talking about today, cowards. And this is all based off of a great sermon that we heard from Legacy Church Pastor Smotherman. We'll have that uh, sermon linked down in the description. Go check that out, please. But... Babe, what do you have to say on that? Um, so when it lists like all these sins, we're always like, oh, the sinners, the people who do this, this, and this are not going to enter the kingdom of God. And so it's like the sin of being a coward, like you're you're ashamed of calling yourself a Christian or even living up to, to that name. So we, you know, when you first get saved, maybe, I don't know, maybe you did tell everybody right away what happened to you, that you called on Jesus to save you from your sins. But if you're still um, ashamed to even talk about it or to live it, that is like the biggest, that's kind of one of the bigger 
sins, now that I read through that and that stood out to me, that's just kind of the big one for a lot of Christians. Because we can say, I'm a Christian, I don't do this, this, and this, but are you even talking to your neighbor about Jesus? Do they even know you're a Christian? I know a lot of people don't talk to their neighbors, but something as small as that, we're we're afraid of what they'll think of us. We got to live by them for how many years and we don't want to ruin our reputation because <laughs> we got to see them every day. And did you have anything to say? Yeah. And that's that? what like this fear drives cowardice, right? Cause like, and this is with everything, you know, if you're a professional boxer and you know, you're about to go and beat this opponent, like you're not afraid, you're not a coward. You're going to go in there and fight, mm-hmm. you know, and, unless you talked about like you're fearful to talk to your name, whatever happens to be it's cowardice because really it's, it's unbelief um, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, and I pull up the verse here. Um, it's uh, where to go. Uh, oh God, I lost it. Um, I think it's Matthew 10, 33. Um, no, that's not it. Let me see. Where did I go? I'll find it and then I'll, uh, I'll mention it, but it's, yeah, it's cowardice. It's like being unsure of something like, mm-hmm. I know how awesome Nikki is. Like in my eyes, she's the best woman I've ever met. <laughs> Gorgeous, funny, smart, all these sorts of things. So I'm not afraid. Like if we were walking down the street and somebody was like, Oh, who's that woman? Like, she's an idiot. Like, I would defend her. I'd stand up for her because I'd be like, no, dude, you're wrong. Like, I'm I'm very into her, you know? But we see this with Jesus all the time, and people will trash Jesus, speak falsely about him, lies, or about Christians, whatever. And we really don't feel the same to stand mm-hmm. up and defend him, right? And right. I can't find the verse right here, but it basically says, whoever denies me among men, I'll deny before my father. Mm-hmm. And that's that cowards go to hell, right? Like you're afraid to stand up and defend Jesus to this world because of whatever they may think about you. Jesus is going to, he's going to not deny you in front of the father. I mean, that's where that verse, like, you know, the Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these sorts of things? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Like you were a coward. So the, um, Another verse that that came to me, um, so the coward, those are, that means the fearful, and I looked in the concordance, that means fearful or, or faithless, and when I was reading Hebrews 10.39, those who draw back unto perdition, that's them, the faithless but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Yes. Yeah, that's Hebrews 10, 39. So cowards, they draw back. So it made me think of the Israelites when uh, God wanted them to go and take the land, uh, Canaan. And so the spies, the leaders of the different tribes went to check out the land. And they all come back except for Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else gave a, a bad report and put fear into 
the children um, to the Israelites. And so they, they said, let's um, set up a leader and head back to Egypt. So we all know, we don't all know, but this is something I've learned over the past few years, that Egypt represents our sin, our bondage to sin. You know, the Israelites were set free, but even along the way in the wilderness, God provided for them. He was good to them. And they always tested God and they would always doubt him, even though they saw him do all these miracles. And then when there's one thing in front of them they're afraid of doing, they're afraid for their lives, they say, no, let's just go back to Egypt. Let's go back into slavery where it was miserable. But it was comfortable. It was familiar to them. They knew how bad it could be. They knew they probably wouldn't die. They were comfortable there. So that's like us when God, he takes us along. We're on this path of sanctification and, and you know, we're called to preach the gospel and just called to represent God. And sometimes we want to draw back because we're like, well, that is kind of uncomfortable. They might judge me. I might get fired from my job if I talk about God, you know, all these different situations. Can you think of any other situations where I mean, I know, you know, we kind of talked about this in some earlier episodes where we, you know, have started going to a church that's very active in like street preaching and knocking on doors. And like, that's pretty new to us. And it's uncomfortable for sure. And like, there's definitely for, at least for me, like a little bit of fear factor of like, man, what am I going to do if someone asks or someone challenges? So there's definitely some fear there, but like, you know, I just rest in the fact that like, I know Jesus, I believe in him. And like, there is no fear there. And like, that's, you know, you mentioned Joshua or Joshua and Caleb and like, they're the only two that entered the promised land mm-hmm. of all the Israelites with them. Only two of them were courageous courageous enough to go on this expedition and courageous, courageous enough to believe that they could take the land and all the other cowards, you know, I'm sure they made a thousand excuses, you know, that there's giants in the land and all this sorts of stuff. And, you know, we make those excuses too, right? Like, well, what if someone asked me a question? I don't know, you know, what, how am I going to respond? I'm going to look foolish or, you know, so we just recoil and how many people have, tried to move into this Christian life, but when their old life gets brought back up, they can't separate themselves. They don't want to isolate themselves from that. So they go back into drinking and drugs, whatever it was that they tried to break free from. And like, you know, you're not standing on this supposed, so there's no faith there, right? Like, cause if there was faith, you'd be like, yeah. nah, man, my life's been changed by Jesus um, or whatever. Josh and Caleb, like, God's got our back. Like, we're going to go and take this lane where the giants are. Like, it's right. Yeah, and this so. is what they said. I wrote it down. I probably should just read it right from the Bible. But they said, if, because they were talking to the Israelites when they were like, hey, let's head back to Egypt. And they, and they said, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And that means it had all the food, it had everything. Like, they would do very well in that land. Like, they brought back, like, a 
cluster of grapes and like pomegranates and figs and stuff is like proof that it's a good land. And like they saw the goodness of the land and thought, no, let's go back to Egypt. Like that's just, that just sounds crazy that they, they knew that God could, could do it. But then there was another part where God, I didn't write this down. I want to say it right. But um, God pretty much said he was going to like wipe them out, you know. And, and then they said, well, all the other nations who heard of you uh, bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and all the miracles, they were gonna, they're going to say something to the effect that like their God wasn't able to to finish the job pretty much. Their God, God wasn't able to fully save them, to fully rescue them. Like it made God, it would make God sound weak. So God didn't wipe them out. He didn't kill them all. He let them, you know, age and die in the wilderness. And then the next generation went in. But he didn't want his name to be uh, shamed that way, to be talked bad about because they would say, yeah, he tried and he failed. He couldn't rescue the Israelites. So that's why he didn't take them out. So I thought God always does everything for his name's sake. Yeah, and like, and that's why I think cowards don't get into heaven, right? Because cowardice is just another word for unbelief. Yeah. And, you know, God's not going to give a land of milk and honey to unbelievers or cowards. You know, you can say it however you want to say it. So, yeah, like, it's just, it's weird. It's It catches you off guard when you hear it. But I think the more you dig into it and start understanding the root of that word coward, it starts to make sense because a coward is an unbeliever. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not Joshua or Caleb today, which very few are, which is why I think it's a narrow path. Um, yeah, and there's had not faith in God. Isn't that crazy? Only two. Yeah. So <laughs> think about that. How many Israelites were there? Two of them. <laughs> you want to talk about a narrow path and many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, you might be sitting around a lot of people in church. You ain't going to see it. <laughs> they knew God. Yeah. But I was going to say something else. What was it? That, oh, well, I know I brought this up before, but. I know we've all met people who said, yeah, I tried, I tried the Christian thing and it, it really wasn't for me. It just didn't work out. And it just dawned on me today. What they're saying really is I'm a coward. I tried it and I retreated. I went back to Egypt. Yeah. Cause I guarantee those Israelites were like, look, man, we went to the city. We scoped it out. We did what we were asked to do. Yeah, like, it ain't worth it. We can't take the city. Like, we tried. Like, trying to hold their head up. And how embarrassing for them to come back. And they're probably telling, you know, their leaders, like, can't be done. I am, In my mind, I imagine they got there first. And they're telling them, like, no, man, the city's full of giants. And they're probably holding their head up. And then Joshua and Caleb walk in, and they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we can take it. And, like, that feeling of shame comes over. And I feel like that's the shame that we feel as Christians. Like, I know I've felt that shame when you have an opportunity to go and preach or whatever, talk to somebody about the gospel, and you recoil or you make up an excuse. 
And then we've gone yeah. to churches and you hear a testimony about somebody who led someone to the Lord or on the street. And like that feeling of shame just washes over you that like, God, man, like I didn't have the faith that this guy had, yeah. you know, and I never want to have that feeling again. Um, I know it. So. And I appreciate those people that come in and speak and lift your faith because we're supposed to stir up faith in one another. Yeah, because there's nothing special about Joshua or Joshua or Caleb. It's just God that's special, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there's nothing special about Peter, Paul, James, John. They're just dudes. But when God works through them and when they get out of the way and just Mm -hmm. let God lead, you know, and that's the thing with being a coward. You know, I think most Christians think that they have this, like, grandiose view of themselves that, like, if I was put on a stage or I was put in front of a a large crowd or important people, I would go and defend the faith like Paul did, you know, in front of the Romans, I would stand and defend it. But no, you wouldn't. Like if you wouldn't defend the faith to your cousin who's smoking weed on your porch, you're not standing in front of Vladimir Putin. What it is is you're loving them more than loving Jesus. Jesus said, if you don't love me more, or, you know, he, some version says hate, but hate just means love less. So when you're refusing to preach the gospel to somebody because you care about that relationship so much, you're loving that person more than Jesus. But really, if you love that person, you'll tell them the truth. <laughs> yeah, like you care more about their opinion of you than yeah. Jesus's, which ultimately comes down to the fact that you don't really have a belief in Jesus yeah. because if you believed in him and knew who he was, yeah. there's nobody else's opinion that you would care about. And, you know, so when you start putting other people's opinions of you, mm-hmm. like you should long for the opportunity to make yourself a fool for Christ. Like mm-hmm. go and stumble over your words and put your foot in your mouth and get backed into a corner that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. so what like it's gonna make you stronger it'll give you a chance to to hone your skills but who cares like it's not your job to save a soul it's not your job to heal the sick it's your job just to be obedient and yeah, have faith because the whole faith without works is dead like those israelites could have just said yeah we believe god can but then they didn't go in and take the land yeah, like it would have been better for the Israelites to walk into that city and get slaughtered by the giants yes. than to recoil and get cast from God's yeah. sight. Like, yeah. you know, the Bible says, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, give me just a second. <laughs> it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's Matthew 10, 28. That's exactly what I was thinking of right before. And the other verse I couldn't find earlier is Matthew 10, 33. Um, But yeah, so like, and obviously I don't know that I'm necessarily there, you know, where I want to get slaughtered for my faith, but I pray for that. And that's a prayer that we can pray, right? Like the, Mm -hmm. I can't remember it was who the guy was. But he comes to Jesus and he says, like, Lord, I believe. Help me with mm-hmm. my unbelief. And, like, that's a prayer we should be praying daily. Like, but that Lord, was the I... song I was telling you about. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you're kind of, like, taking, like, what it Put says. Put that song away. Okay, so we're going to link this song. Um, her name is Audrey Asaf. 
And this song is, what is the name of it? I Shall Not Want. So I'm just going to read the lyrics here. So it's kind of like a prayer because we know our weaknesses. We know how we care um, what others think of us. And we love the world too much. And we still need to be delivered from these things that have a hold on us. And even we end up going back a little into these things sometimes. So this song, just I thought it just went great with this, what I was thinking of. So from the love of my own comfort, from the fear of having nothing, from a life of worldly passions, deliver me, oh God. From the need to be understood, from the need to be accepted, from the fear of being lonely, deliver me, oh God. From the fear of serving others, from the fear of death or trial, from the fear of humility, deliver me, oh God. And that one of humility that stuck out to me because it's like we, the cowardice thing. We don't want to be humiliated if we don't have the words to say if somebody questions us and we don't know the answer. Because so many people, they believe in Jesus when they're saved, but they don't have every answer to every question that, you know, these atheists like to throw out at us and they try to shake our faith, but it don't matter. You don't need to know anything except Jesus died for your sins. I was blind. Now I see. I don't know why, but my heart all of a sudden is changed. Like I don't even desire those sins anymore. Like that in and of itself is an amazing miracle. Like that's more of a miracle than someone being raised from the dead physically. Being raised from the dead spiritually is more amazing. Who can change someone's heart but God? Who can put a new nature inside of you? And to have that, the heart is the hardest thing to raise to life, not a body. So, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and this episode is running long, so we got to wrap it up. But I just wanted to end it on this verse that a pastor that we got the pleasure of listening to this week um, by the name of John Robinson. Um, he was asking questions of the Lord, and I thought this was such a pertinent question to what we were talking about. And it comes from Ezekiel 37. And I haven't read Ezekiel a lot in my life, but this verse has just been in my brain all week. And I just, I love it. And it's Ezekiel has this vision where the Lord takes him to this valley. And the Lord, uh, he says, he led me. Uh, let me see. Then the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out. Brought, brought me out by his spirit and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley. They were very dry. Then he said to me, this is God, son of man, can these bones live? I replied, Lord God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. And like that verse gives me chills every time because like, you have dry bones in your life. They could be dry bones of faith, dry bones of finances, or your marriage could be dry bones. And this prophecy is saying, speak to those dry bones and God will cause the breath of life to go into mm -hmm. them. So this week, pray for the dry bones of faith in your life. And man, God is faithful. He will, he will do a work in you. He will give you boldness. But the thing is, is like, don't wait for the boldness to come on you. Just get out there and act. 
Um, you know, the Bible also said, I can't remember the verse, but um, to not be concerned about what you'll say to like the mm-hmm. men or the, the judges or whatever, that the Holy Spirit will speak through you. So just have faith in God, like get out there, make a fool of yourself mm-hmm. and don't be afraid of what men might say about you. Um, or do to you. Yeah, because really. at the end of the day, cowards go to hell and <laughs> we don't want to be there. So do you have any last words that you want to say on this topic? I know we, I don't want to end this topic, but we're running long. <laughs> Just know that we love you guys and we do pray for you and pray for us too. (laughs) We need it. (laughs) Definitely. We need faith. We need boldness. But yeah, speak to those dry bones and God will breathe on them. So we love you guys. God bless. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.